Hey, Crossings Podcast community. This week's teaching is called Cheesecake Sunday and is a part of Crossings' 17th birthday celebration. It was taught by Molly Conaway on February 11th, 2024. After the teaching, we played a song called The Circle Game by Joni Mitchell. We would encourage you to find and listen to that song following this podcast. Thanks for listening. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you all. Thanks for being here. Um, in the Montessori education philosophy, are there any like Montessori people grew up in it? I don't know, big fans of it. In the Montessori education philosophy, uh, there is a ritual, a celebration that they do every year on a child's birthday. Uh, it's called the Sun Celebration. And for those of you who don't know, we are today celebrating our faith community, Crossing's 17th year as a faith community. Cheesecake Sunday, if you just happen to like show up randomly today and never been here, you chose well. Uh, you'll find out more in a minute. But I thought it'd be good for us to learn this Montessori birthday sun celebration today. What happens is uh, you have this cloth sun in the middle of a circle. And uh, there might be a, you know, like a candle or uh, forest school kids probably like walk around a fire. And whoever's birthday it is uh, holds on to some kind of globe uh, or, I don't know, a ball, something that looks like the earth. And what they do is whoever has that birthday holds the globe and they start walking in circles around the sun. And as they're walking, uh, the rest of the kids will sing a song that goes like this. The earth went around the sun one time. I'll sing it. The earth went around the sun one time. The earth went around the sun. The earth went around the sun one time and crossings turned one, whoever it is. So then they walk however many years they're turning that year. So if they're turning five that year, they walk five times. They sing the song over and over. They do it again and again and again. They keep walking. I'm not doing this 17 times, by the way. (laughs) And the theory behind this is that children have an especially hard time understanding the concept of the passage of time. So a very tangible and concrete way to help kids understand how old they are is by having them walk in circles. And today is our 17th circle around the sun as a faith community. Uh, It also happens to be for those who are attentive to or follow something called the church calendar or the Christian year, it's the Sunday before a season known as Lent. Lent begins this Wednesday with what's called Ash Wednesday, Traditionally, it's a day that we invite one another to remember that because we are human, our birthdays will one day come to an end. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return, we say to one another on Ash Wednesday. The next six Sundays will take us through Lent. Lent is a 40-day season. It replicates the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness asking questions about what it meant to be Jesus. And so today, Lent is a season where Christians spend 40 days uh, before Easter asking the questions about what it means to be ourselves. So it's Cheesecake Sunday, and that's fun and exciting. And it's also the week of Ash Wednesday in Lent, which is like really solemn and kind of depressing. (laughs) We also can't ignore that Taylor has a big game tonight, so it's kind of a big day. It's a big day. 
When we realized that Cheesecake Sunday with the birthday of our faith community was going to land on the day we had set aside to prepare and learn about uh, the upcoming season of Lent, we were like, okay, do we downplay the like Cheesecake Sunday, Crossing's birthday thing? Do we downplay the Ash Wednesday, like Lent is coming up thing? You know, it's kind of a bummer to talk about sackcloth and ashes on your birthday. Um, (laughs) There's a church in town, I won't say who, on their website. um, One of their values is, we bring the party. This is the opposite of that. (laughs) Because birthdays are like that some years, aren't they? Some years your birthday feels like a celebration, it's joyful, there's good memories, big dreams for the future. And some birthdays are harder than others. Sometimes your birthday like falls on a Monday. <laughs> like you're getting older and you feel like you're getting older. And as you get older at a certain point, you start to realize that the number of birthdays, the number of circles you'll make around the sun are probably less than the number you have behind you. Some years your birthday feels like more of a reminder that from dust you came into dust you will return. As soon as we realized that this was all gonna kind of like fall on the same day, uh, Caleb, our teaching pastor, like, without hesitation said, I mean, all your birthday really is is counting down the days till you die. (laughs) Cool, Caleb. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. If you think about it, philosophically speaking, birth and death aren't very different concepts. Our birthdays are celebrations of how long we've lived, and how long we've lived is also an indication of how close we are to death. I don't know, maybe the Montessori teachers need to add that in their sun celebration. Like, okay, kids, you walk around the sun until you don't. <laughs> Birth is also about death, and Lent is its own season, but it's also ultimately about Easter. Lent and Ash Wednesday induce a more solemn, reflective season. You may hear people talk about fasting in this season, removing something of importance to discover who I become without it. And then they reintroduce it on Easter Sunday, discovering that I and that thing are new again. Traditionally, the 40 days of Lent, people prepare and learn and reorient their lives around the things that seem to matter most. Traditionally, followers of Jesus would use the season of Lent to prepare and learn and circle around a practice called baptism, a really beautiful way that people have participated in the story of Jesus over the years. Uh, It's a lot like how we practice the common meal table. We're trying to do a better job at talking about baptism and how we talk about it for people like us who may have weird, even negative, like feelings and views about our own baptism even for those who aren't even like sure about this faith thing anymore. Like what even is baptism? So on the Sundays through Lent, we're gonna be having lunch together upstairs if you'd like to join us for that. A woman named Joan Chittister is a Benedictine nun and she said this, Lent is a call to renew a commitment grown dull perhaps by a life more marked by routine than by reflection. After a lifetime of mundane regularity or unconsidered adherence to the trappings of faith, Lent requires me, as a Christian, to stop for a while, to reflect again on what is going on in me. Lent is not a ritual, it is time. 
given to think seriously about who Jesus is for us, to renew our faith from the inside out. It is the moment when, as the baptismal waters flow every Easter, we return to the baptismal font of the heart and say yes once more to the call of Jesus to the disciples. Come and see. It is the act of beginning our spiritual lives all over again, refreshed and reoriented. Reflection, renewal, reorientation, considering who we are and where we've been and who we're becoming. Chittister says this about Lent and baptism, but that's also kind of what we do on birthdays, isn't it? Maybe celebrating a birthday as an introduction to Lent isn't so outrageous after all. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, trying to encourage them and help them figure out how to do this Jesus thing as a community for the first time. How this like Jesus thing actually works itself out in real life. And earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you can go and see, Paul talks about the way that because of the good news of Jesus, there is this precious goodness that we carry around with us in clay pots. Jars of clay, anybody? Any of the like, I don't know, yeah, all the like, yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> Which like, if you're going to pick a vessel to carry around something precious, um, a porcelain pot might not be a great choice, right? Clay pots, like they get broken. And Paul goes on to talk about the trouble and the terror and the pain and the trauma these clay pots are susceptible to, and yet still they carry around within them the goodness of life and life again. He says this, so we do not lose heart. Even though the outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For our slight momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Keep that up real quick. Michael, you can put that back up if that's okay. Um, real quick, this text has been used in a lot of ways that have done some real harm. <laughs> Um, what this is not saying is like, don't think about your body. Don't think about like physical things. They don't matter. Pay no attention. What matters is the spiritual things, the things you can't see. Okay, this is not saying that. Of course your body matters. <laughs> and what happens to it matters. It matters a lot, actually. This is not a distinction between physical space and spiritual space. It's actually not about space at all. It's about time and the newness of time. It's actually a really great vision for the concept of aging, a concept we're not all very good at talking about. Our modern, maybe Western concept of aging goes something like this. When you are young, you are useful. And when you are old, you are boring and irrelevant. There's an author and speaker, Rob Bell, who gives a talk about this. He calls it his village elder talk. It's about the superficial way that we almost see our lives like fads. I don't know if you can tell by my skinny jeans and my partially tucked in t-shirt, I know a lot about fads. So, but for real, we get this idea of how life works, and how life works is this. You make your circles around the sun, you get a few of them under your belt, 
And at some moment, you do something useful or popular or successful, something everyone notices for a moment. You do something great. And then at some other moment, it just kind of tapers off, and you just kind of fade away. Like you had your moment, and your moment's over, and you're just kind of forgotten. There's something new, a new band, a new show, a new leader, a new approach, a new style, a new church. It's a way of seeing the world that when you are young, you are new, and when you are not young and new, you are old, and you move to Florida. And if it's new, it's relevant, and if it's old, it's irrelevant. Hello, goodbye, around the circle you go. But what Paul is saying, actually, in 2 Corinthians, is that it's not like this. At least it doesn't have to be. The vision Paul gives us is for a life that, because of Jesus, even though we're getting older, outwardly things are kind of falling apart on us. At the same time, within us and within the community, things really are becoming renewed, new again, new again. And these circles can feel incredibly mundane sometimes, like incredibly ordinary most days, most years. But when you make one and then you wind up to where you were, you actually realize how much has happened in that last circle. Like, wow, that last circle like really, really did something to me. We start to notice the people who weren't here last year that are here now. The people who were here the last circle that aren't here this year. We start to notice the ways we believe or don't believe the same things we did several circles ago. And sometimes that's alarming, but most times it's like refreshing and freeing. We reflect, we realize for a whole host of reasons I'm in a very different place, even though I'm in the same place. We take a deep breath, and we reflect, and we move forward around the next circle. There's grief, there is joy, there are terrible things, there are beautiful things that make this place, this circle, new again. And the next one after that, new again. That even in our old age, we embrace a depth and a wisdom, a non-anxious, non-judgmental presence that has seen it all and knows this too shall pass, that because of Jesus, the worst thing is never the last thing. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. In Psalm 92, the psalmist writes this poem, this song, that says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree that bears fruit in old age. It will stay fresh and green. So as the tree becomes older, it also becomes more rooted. It's able to withstand storms differently and stay lush and green and produce fruit in its old age. But instead of bearing fruit, in old age, what sometimes happens is that we get beaten up by life. 
We get betrayed, we get fired, we get divorced and forgotten. Our big plans don't follow through. We make tragic mistakes. And our wonder and our joy and our optimism of life starts to, like, dwindle over the years. Our idealism, our romanticism takes a few too many hits. So consciously or subconsciously, we say deep within us something like, I think I'm just going to start checking out. And we stop being renewed day by day. And we're just walking in circles and we don't really know why or what for. We start asking questions like, has God forgotten us? Second Corinthians 4 tells us that there is a vision for the way of life where those punches those hits would not lead to a life of cynicism or bitterness or despair, but would lead us to, in our old age, a way of staying fresh and green and as alive as ever, dreaming new dreams, different dreams, producing fruit, producing a life and a story where things are renewed, where really, truly, it is possible and an option to be new again and new again and new again. Might we develop a vision for a way of life that recognizes that though we are growing old, though we have done our time, we can't check out now. In this village elder talk, Rob Bell kind of goes off on the community and about the way this per pervasive concept of aging and the way we see our lives as a fad sometimes. It's like, I once was new and now I'm old. I've done my time, I'm out of here. When in reality, the wisdom and the experience and the tools and the resources that you've gained over time, we need you now more than ever. Some of you have been married for like 30, 40, 50 years. However you've managed to stay together, we could use some of that wisdom right now. In your circles around the sun, have you learned to read? Because we have third graders at Christenberry who need an adult to come read to them. In this circle, do you have neighbors, like one singular neighbor? Because they might need you to check on them. We have gobs of third and fourth and fifth and sixth graders in this community who have big questions about whether or not and where they belong. And if this community is one of those spaces or not, and we don't have a ton of people telling them, yes, yes, you belong here. Because we've been taught to think, ah, oh, I'm too old. I can't do that. They're too young. I'm at my peak. This is when I matter most. I've got to get it in. I can't waste my time on things like that. Or, or I've done my time. And this kind of thinking is absolutely lethal to the intergenerational health of our community. Again, Joan Chittister says, this birthday, this cheesecake Sunday, this Lent is a call to renew a commitment, grown dull perhaps by a life more marked by routine than by reflection. After a lifetime of mundane regularity or unconsidered adherence to the trappings of faith, Lent requires me as a Christian to stop for a while to reflect again on what is going on in me. Uh, it's been a hell of a start to a 2024 for a lot of people in our community. 
for a lot of reasons, uh, a lot of unrelated reasons. Hard things, dark things, um, just kind of a lot going on. And we have a lot to celebrate, year 17. Uh, 17 years of being a place at the heart of the city where people can come, people that they can gather around, um, where we can wrestle through the hardest questions about life and faith in God. Every week, people telling us stories that this is their last stop actually on their way out of faith, or this is their first step back in, the only place they feel comfortable stepping back into this faith thing again. We, we do, we have so much to celebrate over 17 years. And if I have a prayer or a hope or a charge for year 18, it's that we, when somewhere deep in our hearts, find ourselves inching towards the idea of checking out, that as the precious porcelain of our bodies begins to show its age, that we would find the courage and the renewal and the life that we carry within us because of Christ. The courage to keep asking, the courage to keep wondering and imagining, that we would stay wide-eyed and filled with wonder as we look back, as we look ahead in this time that we've been given together.